0: And the truth is, we're seeing it. We're seeing how God is using young people to make a real difference, sure, here at church, but definitely out there, you know, in your schools, on your teams, at your home, whatever it is you're doing, God is using you, and it is so cool to watch. It's so amazing to see what God is doing. And I want to share this scripture with you, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually Say, I am part of the body. Say, I am part of the body. You are part of the body of Christ. So what does that mean? But you're members individually. Verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, the gifts of helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. Gifts of helps and varieties of, um, 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 sorry, and administrations. It is very interesting here because God is teaching us through Paul. Paul's writing this letter to the church at Corinthian, and he's telling them how to function. And here in D2L, we want you to know that you're part of a body. You're part of the body of Christ. Now, each and every one of you, you have one body, Right? I hope so. You're not like some mutant alien that jumps from body to body like we need to call the men in black or something, right? No, we all have one body. If you're alive and you can hear me say, I have one body. Have one. Yeah, you do. But do you know what? Don't you have many members of that body? What are some of your members? Shout them out. And only the clean ones and appropriate ones. Thank you, please. Some of your members. Some of your members. Your nose. Your ears. Sorry. The members of your physical body, your hands, your, 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 yeah, you'll get there. (laughs) Your, yeah, you have different parts of your body, right? Everyone say, I am one body, and I have many parts. Yeah, and you know what? How many of you... How many of you would go home and, and cut your, your pinky finger off because you feel like you don't need it? Would anyone actually do that? That's insane. Never. No. How many of you have ever stubbed your toe before and it just cripples you? You've only stubbed your toe. You didn't break it, but you can't even walk because you're a, a, ever happened to anyone? Yeah. And you know what's so interesting is that sometimes we 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 go in the ministry, and you know what? You see me all the time. But I want to tell you, D2L does not run because I'm up here. It does not. D2L does not run because I am preaching to you. D2L does not run because I teach to you. Sure, that's my gifting. That's what I'm called to do. But I want to tell you the truth. D2L runs because all of the ministries function together. It is necessary to have the ministries function together. Mr. Kurtz ministry, he is called to the fivefold ministry to preach the gospel. There has been given some to you apostles, pastors. Teachers, evangelists. There are some of you in this room who have also been called to the fivefold ministry. Look around. In this room right now, there are pastors. Not questionably, but there are pastors in this room. In this room right now, there are evangelists. Not questionably, but there are. In this room right now, there are teachers, for sure. In this room right now, are people who are part of the fivefold ministry. What did I miss? Pastors, teachers, evangelists apostles in this room and there are prophets in this room right now as we speak and as we sit here and then there are some of us who have been called specifically to work in the ministry of helps and I want to show you a scripture that I really want you to understand because sometimes we look at other people and we say okay you know well well they get to preach but this person just gets to greet at the door Never take for granted the gifting and the ministry that you have been called to. Can I tell you the oldest secret in heaven? The oldest secret in heaven, among many others, is that it is not just the pastor who gets a great reward. It is not just the great evangelist, Billy Graham, who gets a great reward. It is not just the great uh, prophet that gets the award or the greatest apostle or teacher. Do you know it is who it is who gets the greatest rewards? Those who fulfill their ministry calling. God could have called me to minister to D2L and through the course of ministering to D2L, touch hundreds of lives. God may call you to be a part of a ministry of helps that only reaches a certain amount of people and no more. But do you know what? You, if you've done it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love God in the process, and I, if I've done it with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and love God in the process, we will receive a reward and neither one is greater than the other. And I think sometimes we come to church and we say, okay, that person preaches and that person sings and oh, I wish I could sing. But you know what, friend? Maybe your gift is being out at the door and smiling. Maybe your gift is being a greeter. You know one of the greatest ministries I think that functions in the church? Absolutely, positively, is greeting. By any stretch of the imagination. By any, beyond a shadow of a doubt. To me, it is the greatest ministry in the church. You want to know why? Because you can determine a person's attitude by how you greet them. You will be remembered by how you greeted somebody at the door and whether or not you did greet them. You see, imagine if you walked through this hallway. It's in a basement, you know? Imagine if you walked through this hallway and you're never greeted by anyone. You probably don't realize how much that affects you when you come down. Because most of you, even if you weren't smiling when you came here, you're smiling after you see our greeters because they're just happy people, you know? And you really can change a person's life by greeting. I want to tell you something. Greeting is no less important than preaching the gospel than being called to be a pastor greeting as with altar work as with our drama ministry as with our media team as with our event planning as with our cafe as with our praise and worship team and ushers is just as important as the ministry that is taking place right now i want you to read verse 20 same chapter chapter 12 verse 20 let's go there together 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 says, But now indeed there are many members. There's that word again. Everyone say members. Yet one body. Say one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again say to the feet, I have no need of you. No. Much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. For instance, your pinky toe. Lose your pinky toe and you will be off balance for the rest of your life. It's true. You will. If you lose your pinky toe... You will be off balance for the rest of your life because God designed the body so perfectly. The scripture says he composed the body and he designed the body so perfectly that if one thing is off, it throws the whole body out of balance. It throws the whole thing out of whack. And those people who have experience, have you ever experienced a sickness and it's affecting one area, but it just gets you down all over? Has anyone ever experienced that? It, it happens. It gets you down because when one member, the scripture says right here in verse 26, when one member suffers, the whole body suffers. And what's important to understand is that even the weakest link in your body, that pinky toe that you may think is really unimportant, is keeping your body right now and when you stand up and when you run and when you play balanced. And if you lose that, you're going to be off balance. Well, the same is true in our body here. We have student staff volunteering and being a part of the ministry, and they are a part of the ministry just as much as I am, just as much as our, our helps ministry staff members are, just as much as Pastor John is. That is how much you are a part of the body. Because Paul says right here, that which seems to be weaker is necessary for the function of the body. Why am I telling you this? Because don't think that you can just sit there and not get involved. Don't think that because you can't preach the gospel, well, in terms of preaching in front of people right now, or you can't get up and sing, or you have no idea how a cash register works, nor do you care, or you're not bold enough to usher. Don't think that just because you can't do one, you can't do all. Because the truth is, your hand doesn't try to do your foot's job. It doesn't, although there is this girl out there who has no arms and she drives with her feet and she has a license. It is very awesome. And you know what's interesting? Because what I told you a minute ago was that if one part of the body is missing, it throws everything off balance, but the real truth about the beauty of God's creation is that other parts can make up for the difference, but there's still a lack. That girl can drive with her feet because she's learned, but let me ask you the question, would it be easier for her to drive if she had hands? Yes, you better believe it. You see, never think that your ministry isn't important. Every one of you in this room has something to give. And even those of you in this room right now who are called to the five-fold ministry, you're called to be a pastor, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, uh, a pastor, a prophet, evangelist, teacher, or, uh, I don't know what I keep missing there. Apostles, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers. Oh, that's it. Oh, thank you. All right. For some reason, I was more in my head, you know, I don't really understand. But... Just Even if you're called to that ministry, friend, let me tell you something. There's a period of training that is necessary for you to go through. I'm not standing here today because one day God told me I'm going to preach to young men and women, and I just started preaching. I'm standing here today because I have gone through training. No, I didn't go to seminary and study. I studied the Bible on my own, but I have gone through life training to be in this position today. And I didn't put myself here. God did. So if you've been called to be a pastor, guess what? You need to start by getting involved in the ministry of helps. Because when you're in the ministry of helps, talk to our student staff. They'll tell you. Talk to our adult staff. Your character begins to get molded. Your conduct begins to be shaped. As you heard from some of our staff members last week, they recognize that if they're supposed to be covered up here, when they get out of the street in the mall, they probably should be covered. If they're supposed to do something here, they probably should do it out there so that they're one, so that they're not divided. You have something to give. Pat yourself on the chest and say, I have something to give. Yes, you do. Whether you're called to the fivefold ministry or whether your whole calling in life is to be a servant in the ministry of helps, you do it to the best of your ability with love in your heart, with all your dedication to God, and you'll receive a great reward from the Father in the end. Don't ever think you don't have something to give. I want to read verse 22 again. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary verse 23 and those members of the body which which we think which we think are less honorable on those we bestow greater honor jesus said just as the son of man did not come to be served but to what to serve and give his life as a ransom for many so you think you're going to get by by sitting there and not getting involved i've got news for you you know you're not I don't care if you're not called to get up here and preach or called to do something. You're called to get involved in the body. Though we are many members, we are one body in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to specifically talk to you if you're here for the fivefold ministry, if you know that there's a calling on your life. At this age, you begin to realize that God has called you for something in the fivefold ministry. Not that it's greater or better, but it's different. Everyone say different. We've been learning over the past three weeks there are diversities of gifts, there are differences of ministries, but it's the same God, it's the same Spirit. So that's important to remember. Never be jealous of another person's gift. And if you're in this room right now, and you want to be part of the Fivefold ministry, and or you just want to do anything great in life, I've got news for you. There is a period of training that you're in right now. You are in training, and no matter how old you get, you're always in training. Mr. Kurt is in training right now. This is not where I'm going to end. I'm in training right now. I'm going to do even more, not because I want to, not because I'm going to make myself, because that's what God has called. You will do great things in your life, but right now you are in training. Here's the truth. You guys know Joseph from the Bible, and the old testament genesis you know joseph joseph before he ever became second to command in egypt over all of egypt before he was ever exalted to that position he was humbled and sold into slavery he was over potiphar's house and betrayed and was sent to jail he had to learn some things first while he was a servant and while he was a jailbird before he could ever be exalted to that place of second in command. And you know something? No matter where Joseph was in his life, serving in success or in the jail, he was honorable to God. The Bible says over and over and over again that he pleased the Lord and he loved the Lord. Joseph was exalted. A guy by the name of Moses, whose greatest accomplishment we know was the Old Testament, uh, um, uh, the... uh, two things here. His greatest accomplishment were the Ten Commandments. We understand the Ten Commandments God gave to Moses for the children of Israel. And his second greatest accomplishment was being used by God to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage. Now, how long were they in the desert? You all know the story. How long were they in the desert, those children of Israel? Quick trivia question for you. Forty years. Everyone say 40 years. Do you know what happened approximately 40 years before that? Moses was on his own in the desert. The guy's whole calling in life <laughs> was to be in the desert. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible tells us in the book of Acts, Stephen rises up and gives this testimony and says, even before Moses led the children out of Israel for 40 years, they were in the desert. Moses was in the desert for 40 years, having his character shaped by God so that he could lead the children out of Israel. And for those of you in this room right now who have gone through a real tough lot in life, you've had a real hard time. No, God is not the author of that confusion. God is not the author of that trauma. God is not the reason that you face that trauma in your life life, but let me tell you something. If you allow him, he will take the struggle and the strife that you have been through, and he will turn that around for his glory. You see, God didn't put Moses in the desert because he needed to learn something. Moses put himself in the desert because he killed an Egyptian, and he had to flee. God took that time to train Moses while he was in the desert. You might have got yourself into trouble, and you're suffering for it right now. You might have been abused and misused, and you're suffering for it right now. Friend, if you just let that go, God will use that to train you. No, he didn't give that to you. He Hear me, but he will train you so that you can lead others out of the same bondage. Understand what I'm saying? You follow me, you have something to give. David was a shepherd boy before he ever became a king. Jesus' ministry of miracles lasted for how many years? Everyone say three. Jesus was approximately how old when he began his ministry? Say 30. Do the math. Did he spend more time training or more time in ministry, so to speak? Where did he spend more time? Training. He spent more time training. He spent 30 years training. If he did not, he would not have been as effective as he was. Maybe your call. Think about a president of the United States. They spend more time training as a governor. As a senator, as, uh, you know, a legislature, they spend more time there. You only get to be in position for four or eight years. It's all about the training. If you think you're going to jump up to that position of exaltation, you've missed it. You've missed it. You want to do something great in life? Then humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and let him train you where you are. I said all this today to share with you that God has a position for you. He really does. Each and every one of you can be one of our student staff members. There's not one of you who is in this room right now that cannot be a staff member. That's how easy it is. Well, that's how easy it is if you're willing. But you have to lay down your own desire. You have to say, you know what, I'm going to do what's right. No, not just when I'm in front of Mr. Kurt or when I'm in D2. li am going to do what's right out there on the street. I'm going to do what's right at home. I'm going to respect my wife. uh, (laughs) I'm going to respect my mother and my sisters. I'm going to respect my siblings. I'm going to honor my father and mother then so one more scripture I want to show you. It's in the book of Luke. Luke is the third, test, the third gospel recorded in the New Testament. Can you go to the book of Luke for us, please? Luke chapter 16, please. Sometimes I get so excited I say the craziest things. It's just funny. People just laugh at me. So I decided I'm not going to think anymore about the silly things I say, unless I want to laugh all night long because I say a lot of silly things. Can you go to Luke chapter 16, verse 10, please? Luke chapter 16, verse 10, when you get there, say, I got it. By the way, who is speaking here? Jesus, absolutely. If you don't know that, the words should be in red. And if they're not in red in your Bible, you might want to invest in a Bible that has the words in red so you can understand what Jesus said. If you're going to live this life, you need to know what Jesus said. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, are you there? Say, I got it. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, okay, break it down, 21st century, what does that mean? Is he talking about mammoths? No, what is he talking about? What is that? Come on. Very good. Money or riches. Mammon and worldly mammon or unrighteous mammon, that really just represents worldly riches. Our worldly riches today may be monetary, may be money. So let's read it like this. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in worldly money or riches, who will commit to your trust true riches? How many of you want to be used to do something great? I do. I want to be used to do something great. Do you know that God will look at your your heart? He will look at the conduct of your heart and how you deal with money before he ever gives you responsibility over people. That's what true riches are. One of the greatest riches is to be able to minister to people. And before you can ever do that, God wants to see how you're dealing with your money. Are you honoring me with your money, first and foremost? God uses the things that we experience in this world to exalt us to greatness. For instance, in the year 2004, I picked up my very first car, Wendy was her name. She was a 1990 Toyota Camry, and at that point, she was about Sam. Um, what is that? 14 years. What's yeah, 14 years. She was 14 years old. She had 90,000 miles on her, and by the time I got rid of the car last year, not by choice, uh, it had 250,000 miles on it, which is you know a good a good job for the car. And she could have gone longer, but uh, you know, sort of like her lungs gave out and stuff. You know, it was a sad moment for my wife, but. Those of you who saw my car over the years, you remember what my car looked like? Say, there you go. Just find somebody who's laughing. They remember what my car looked like. And I had that car. Man, we, we brought home our first child in that car. We took our first road trip together, married in that car. We got married, and that's the car we drove around as a husband and a wife. It's where we, you know, we had so many of these great memories. And long before that ever happened... I was at home in my parents' driveway, waxing my 15 or 14-year-old car, so grateful that I had this vehicle here. And, and, and I was, I, I, as I was waxing and as I was detailing and as I was vacuuming out uh, the car, the scripture that came to mind was, he who is faithful in what is least can be trusted to be faithful over much. And do you know what? The car died last year, but God bought and paid for a car for us. Not $1 of my money, you know, went towards the car that we got last year. Who did it? God did it. Why? Why? because he who is faithful in what is least can be trusted to be faithful also in much. You know, I have the greatest wife in the world. I don't just say that cavalierly and really jokingly. I have the greatest wife. She always amazes me. When I'm at home and I listen to what comes out of her mouth, and I listen to her instruction, and I watch her, she is amazing. She has changed my life. But do you know something? God would have never entrusted the most precious woman in the world to me and you'll say the same thing about your spouse, but he would have never entrusted that gift to me if I wasn't faithful at home being a son to my mother and honoring her and being a good brother to my sister. Don't ever think because God said he who is faithful in what is least and he who is unjust in what is least will be unjust with much. God never let me have the most amazing woman in the world until I had learned to submit to the authority of my parents, honor my mother, and cherish her and cherish my sister. So what's this all about? Each and every one of you have a gift. God will use you for greatness if you humble yourself. Next week, you're going to have an opportunity to get involved. We're going to show you all nine helps ministries that we have. You're going to be able to go around and look at the different booths and possibly get involved in one of them. But... Before you do, check your heart this week. It's a week of thanksgiving. And as you're giving thanks and offering up thanks to God for all that he's done and really for who he is, just allow him to kind of check your heart and see if you're ready to make this move. See if you're ready to take this step. Stand to your feet, please, would you?